You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Timothy. Church fam, it's good to be home. How are y'all? All right, all right. It's good to see y'all. It feels like it's been a little bit. Y'all doing well? Okay, five of y'all. All right, hopefully. It's always the same. Y'all get like nervous. I work with teenagers, fam, so y'all can shout at me. Don't be scared. There you go. There you go. I mean, uh, if you, I don't know who's back there. I, I can't see the booth. But if you would put a First Samuel chapter 13. I just came back from a youth conference and a lot of stuff involving teenagers over the past couple of weeks. And so I felt like this verse, uh, are we doing, sorry, I just, I didn't see that until now. Uh, are we doing, I don't know what version we're doing. First uh, Samuel 21, 13 though. And it reads like this. I'm jumping right into this, but uh, it says, got it close? It says, so he pretended to be insane in their presence. He acted like a madman around them, scribbling on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. It gets better. Look, you can see this man is, the man is crazy, Akish said to his servants. Why did you bring him to me? Do I have such a a shortage of crazy people that you brought this one to act crazy around me? Is this one going to come into my house? And this passage was spoken over David right as he exited a youth conference. Just kidding. In my head, the joke was going to go a whole lot better. So that was, but anyway. um, And (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, we're going to talk about that and that specific verse here in a little bit. Um, but it's, it's nice to be back home. Um, a lot of good stories. A lot of, I don't know if I'll get into all of it because there's a lot. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's kind of how it feels when you go to a youth thing. So you just kind of pretend to be insane so you don't get eaten alive by teenagers. So it's, you just scribble on doors. You drool from your mouth, whatever it takes to not get eaten. So um, some of that's true. Let's, let's pray, though, we get into this. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening, this time. Thank you so much for the opportunity to get to share your word. Father, I ask that you speak through me. Help me to uh, just hear from heaven, echo heaven tonight, and not share anything on my own. Um, and again, thank you. Thank you for the privilege and honor to get to share what you have for, uh, I believe, the family. Precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Curious, anybody ever felt like, man, I know I've got something special to do. I just don't feel qualified to do it. Anybody? I know. Yeah, yeah. okay, good. So I'm talking to the right people. Um, and I'll be honest, like I haven't, I haven't really, on Father's Day, I was, uh, I got to speak at the 180 a little bit just because I've been on the road a little bit. Um, and I've been absent myself, so tonight was like my first, in fact, you guys were the last Wednesday I got to really speak to anybody. So it's just kind of trippy. And so, you know, staying in the pulpit, it kind of helps you stay on your toes a little bit, but not being in the pulpit. And I have so many different stories. I mean, like I could run from a bunch of different stories, whether it be with our teenagers or with Pastor or uh, at a Dream Center, just a lot of different stuff. But I thought, you know what, Father, I know that you have something specific for tonight. And I got thinking, I'm like, you know, we're going to talk about David. And David, this, this verse I just read a little bit ago out of 1 Samuel was specifically about David. And he... 
I, I mean, it doesn't say specifically that, you know, like he, he doubted what he was supposed to do. But I, this is what we know, and I'll kind of do a little background about him. Um, I mean, a lot of us, we know the David and Goliath story. You got little teenager David. You know, he flings a rock, kills a big giant, and, you know, kind of has the giant's head as a trophy. And is like, man, I'm, I'm cat daddy now. Like, everybody needs to recognize who I am. We have that story, and that's a significant story, but there's so many others. There's so many others, and this one specifically stuck out to me because David was um, very much, you see the forged men in here, you know, you see these guys, they're, every one of them's alpha, you know, it's like, man, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm alpha enough there, man enough to do that, that conference, but you see, you see the, the warrior in King David. You see him, like, at times, stepping up and taking a head off. But then there's a whole lot of other instances that we see in Scripture where David was a beautiful poet and a beautiful musician and a powerful prayer warrior. And I would say that those times in his life really are more or as, at least as significant, but probably more because you see that David is calling out to God, and whether or not David, and I would say this, I would say that David at times, like the rest of us, just like, hey, who am I? Or am I really up to, up to the task? Like, can I do it? Do I have what it takes? And he needed some people. He needed some other men, some other people, some strong people in his life to say, hey, I've got you. You've got it. You know, you're not going to be able to do it on your own, so trust God. Recognize who you are. Find your identity, not in everything else and everyone else. Don't, you're not going to find it in your wife or your kids. You're not going to find it in your position because he's promised a position, like, way early. He's promised a position, like, as a teenager, but it doesn't come to pass for, like, 15, 20 years. And so... David, before he's King David, has to kind of go through a whole lot of life and, and wrestle with, hey, who am I? What am I doing? And at times has to act crazy even before he gets into his, his kingship, before he takes the throne. And again, I'm reading this verse, and as I'm reading it, I mean, it stuck out to me because I'm thinking, man, at times I've, you know, I've, I've been there where I felt like I just got to act crazy just so, again, I don't get eaten alive by teenagers. And man, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I come into worship, and you kind of—I'm hearing y'all on backstage, and I'm just kind of like, kind of bouncing in my seat because you guys—you you have been so blessed. Teenagers, just four or five thousand of them, rushing the stage at times just to get into a, a moment of worship. I don't think y'all heard me because that—that's that's like a woo move. That's like one of those. If you're hearing it, turn down, turn it up just a little bit, fam. I'm going to help you out. I said about four or 5,000. Okay, that felt forced. But you have about, we got to show them. Okay. So teenagers are at the back. I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. So y'all just don't tell pastor, okay? Like, there's a countdown, and then the kids are like, ah! And kids are like drooling, and it's stupid. My son was in one of those. He gets trampled. His, and that's not, ah, oh, I told him, I was like, you be careful. Keep your legs pumping the whole time. I mean, I'm serious. He's running, and I don't see him because I see the, has anybody seen World War, World War Z? Okay, zombie movie. Look at your ants. There's a, I, I see the, the herd that he's going through, and then I don't see him. I'm like, I lost him. I'm looking at him. And he comes back, and he's like, uh, uh. he's holding his head. 
he's holding his head in his leg. And he's like, I got trampled dead. And he's got this bruise, like, almost instantly. He's like, I got kicked in the head. He's like, but somebody picked me up, so I'm good. And his eyes are kind of watering. He doesn't want to cry because there's a bunch of other teenagers around. But they were rushing the stage because they wanted to get close. Why? Why would they want to get close? Because here's the deal. They knew that God was about to move in the house that they were in. Think about that for a minute. They knew God was about to move. They said, get out of the way because I've got to get close to the stage because if it happens up there, I don't want to miss it. And I'm going to jump and I'm going to raise my hand and I don't want to miss it. So they said, let's go. Let's go. They knew they were the house of God and they weren't afraid. Some of them were, I can't say that, not all of them because we had a little thing on the bus as we're coming home. And uh, I told him, I said, hey, if you don't want to share, text me. If, you, if you're afraid to kind of speak up in front of your peers, text me. You know what's crazy? How we get, why we, it just blows my mind we get afraid. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. But this challenge, if you're not lifting your hands in here, I want to ask you this. Do you ever wear a jersey any time from September to February with some other man's name on it? And do you raise your hands then or get excited then? I don't know about the 90s. I'm sure it's been a lot of, I mean, I've seen Saturday Night Fever and there was a lot of like, you know, all this and whatever. But I know the 90s, like if I'm watching any kind of hip hop video, there's a lot of this, like, uh, 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 right? And I'm sure that y'all did something like that back in the day, right? Before that, the 80s and, or 80s and 70s and, Damon, tell us, what were the 60s like? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm gonna stand over here. Love you, man. <laughs> But you know what, if we can put our hands up for all kinds of other things, and we can be passionate for other things, man, we gotta show up here ready to worship, fam. Ready to worship. So, I don't know about y'all, praise God, pastor's coming back Sunday. Yeah. Like, Miss Julie Rick, record that, and like, ah! We need to, we need to get a mosh pit Sunday. We need to like, pastor's home! Let's go, pastor, let's go! I mean, we need to be going, anyway. That'd be fun. So, wondering, do I have enough? Can I do it? Uh, like I said, I almost felt out of practice coming home. And I was just like, man, I've just, I've been like pacing all day and nervous for the past week or so. Like, man, I'm preaching Wednesday. Like, and I do this regularly, right? I mean, I've seen me once at least. And it's like, and so I'm just like, all right, Father. And there's a lot of like just, again, I don't know. I think it's a lot of us because y'all raised your hands. But like, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? You know, am I, do I, I going to measure up? And, you know, there's a, the, the enemy likes to speak to all of us. And he use our own voice, use all kinds of other voices. But, you know, it's like, why should they listen to you? <laughs> 
And I'm like, I don't have this great, like, man, I came out of sin. And I, do I have a 180 story? I do. Because I, I was like 17, 18 when I got to this house. And then, you know, I, I dealt with more hypocrisy. But it wasn't like just overwhelming sin. I came out of drugs. and all. It wasn't none of that. I was drug free. I, I, I hadn't, I've never had a beer ever. I've never smoked anything. I was a virgin when I got married. There was all kinds of like, like, what am I going to go? You know, I didn't have this like from a secular perspective, like, man, I overcame this and this and this, and I've had my things to overcome. You know, pornography used to just dominate a lot of my thinking, just dominate it. And it's still a fight. Like, I'm a fighting all the time. Like, man, I'm not, I'm not going back to that. But I just thinking, I'm like, and again, the enemy trying to get, come at me like, what, why, why should they listen to you? And I, you know, I got thinking, and I, as I'm looking at King David and to be King David in the scripture, he's like, Samuel spoke to David, and Samuel grew up in church. And I was like, oh. And the father shared that with me like a couple hours ago, because I'm going over David, like, Father, what a, I, I still need something. And he's like, hey, who spoke into David's life? And so it blessed me, because it's like, okay, Father, thank you, because just pointing that out to me, like, hey, Samuel was a guy that grew up in church, and God used his voice greatly. And so it, it, it was, that was for me. And I don't know if like, if you say, man, I've not really had this, that, or the other thing. I just, you know, uh, but I, I've got a good testimony of being faithful. And there's a lot to be said about being faithful. So if, if I don't get that out of the way, because if you've been faithful, stay being faithful, stay consistent. Our kids need so much consistency. Ask any teacher, ask any school, school worker, they need that. They have so much inconsistencies at home and all kinds of other things and, and, the, and jobs and friends and online, everything's just inconsistent. So the more we can be consistent for them, and it's huge. Saul was man's choice. And Saul was the wrong choice. David, who came later, was God's choice. So if you're single in here, make sure it's God's choice and not... And, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take some blinders off because even Samuel, who again had grown up in church, he's operating by his natural eyes and he sees handsome men, strong men. He's like, that's the new king, right? And God's like, you're not looking at the heart. I see the heart. So you need to trust what I, trust my voice and not just your vision. And so if you trust your vision, you're gonna probably, we, we, we all get messed up by our senses at times. So he says, he's like, I, I'm watching, I'm looking at the heart, so look for his heart. So Samuel, the prophet who's grown up in church, is looking for the new king. And in 1 Samuel 16, again, that's where that conversation happens, where Samuel is led to Jesse to see like seven of his boys, and the eighth one, I think it's the eighth, I could be wrong, but I think it's the eighth one, and he sees David. And David at 15-ish years old, 14, 15 years old, is anointed king. Now, here's the deal. Tonight I get to operate a little bit. I'm not comparing myself to Samuel, but I kind of get to sit in that spot. Because just like Samuel, who had grown up in church, who had been given some things by God, and I know that I've been given some things, not trying to be arrogant, just confident, and because I know God's got a calling on my life, and so because I know he's got a calling on my life, I'm in call tonight to speak to some people and help remind you that he's got a calling on every one of your lives. It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't, none of that. He's like, God says, I'm going to put a calling on you, and you've got to trust that what I'm telling you is from the Father. 
Like, I've got something for you. And he's, he, has, he tells David, like, he anoints David. He's like, hey, you're anointed as king. So now let's begin training you. And I'm sure David, again, being human, he's probably like, okay, I'm anointed as king. Now what? He's like, now there's a process. There's a training. And you're going to have to go through some stuff. And again, I didn't get the title to them in time, but like, I just kept run, running over this worshiping warrior. This worshiping warrior who like, that was his greatest, that was his greatest weapon was his worship. And we see in the Psalms, him scribbling out these notes, his worship to the, to, to the, to the God of all creation. His worship saying, God, I, I don't understand who I am. I'm struggling with who I am. I'm struggling with my enemies. I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. And God, I need you to fix me. And we see, and again, some of David's best, most powerful weapon was his worship. And I believe that's going to be our most powerful weapon as well. Man, the, the, the privilege it was to get to pray with Pastor the, the week that I was out there. One of the, the most powerful times for, for me, and I, I'm, I'm just talking on my behalf, Pastor Troy may have, I'm sure he's got 40 days of just crazy good stuff. But one of the most powerful times, we just began to worship. And it wasn't like God filling up the room. I mean, I said it one way, and the pastor had to correct me because it was so much better. I said, man, it's like, I mean, we're in this beautiful valley out in the middle of nowhere. I was like, man, it's like God just, his presence just showed up and filled up the valley. He's like, no. He's like, his presence just filled up New Mexico. Because that's what we're praying for. And I was just like, oh, man, that's good. That's good. Like, God's wanting to fill up. And it, and it came as we, for me, you know, this is my, again, this is my take. Like, as we begin to worship. So I told Reed, I asked Reed, I said, hey, man, we think. I was like, let's not get offended, okay? Let's be honest. A little music in the background. I said, hey, dude, can we do some black church tonight? He's like, yeah. So we can just like him. Now, now, I say, I, I've not been to black church, but I've seen black church online. And so if he gets down a little bit, here a little bit, you just got to go with it. Y'all feel free to like, ooh, ooh, stand up, do what you got to do. Um, anyway, so King David, I'm going to make sure I give myself enough time. We're going to get to Psalm 34 here in a minute. If you want to turn there ahead of time, that's good. Because 34 is where we want to ultimately land. Psalm 34. So King David, he, um, he goes through a season where he's getting trained. He's been anointed the king. And it wasn't like, hey, it's not today. It's, it's, it's to come. It's not happening today. It's coming soon. And God's soon is always different than our soon, right? But he's like, it's coming. So you just, you just begin to prepare yourself. Begin to worship and, and, and pursue me like, like a king would. How does a king do that? Man, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good examples and bad examples in, in Scripture. The good examples, man, they, they went all in. I, I believe they were like the kids running and, saying, and just giving everything and saying, here's, here's me. I'm going to give you all of me because I need your help. Solomon, his son, later said it, I think, the best. Like, like, I just need wisdom to lead your people. And I think that's what very much what we need to do. 
I'll get off a little bit. So David goes through heartaches. David, now anointed king, is being tormented by the, his predecessor. If you don't know the scriptures, Psalm 7, uh, 1 Samuel 17 and 18, where the, the, his predecessors literally trying to kill him, literally throwing spears at him, trying to take him out, literally trying to just take his, end his life. And I'm sure during that time, it's like, God, am I really the one? Did, did Samuel mess up? Because why would people come against me if you've given me a vision? And if you've given me a vision, shouldn't it just be smooth sailing from here? Shouldn't it just be a cakewalk? Like, I shouldn't have struggles if you've called me, right? If you've got something big for me to do, I should just be able to walk right into it. And everybody should like me and smile at me. And everybody should just say, man, you're the guy. But that's not the case. Like, David's coming up against trials and tribulations. Literally people hating him. And so he goes from Saul, and then we see in chapter uh, 18 into 19, 19 into 20, struggle, struggle, struggle. And finally we get to this point where David is like so bothered by Saul. Like Saul, again, has tried to kill him multiple times. And so he tells his, his brother-in-law, who happens to be the king's son, He's like, John, I got to get out of here, dude. Like, your dad's trying to kill me. And like, if I don't leave, I'm going to be done. So they, they have this good conversation. He's like, hey, dude, I love you. I understand you got to go. Sorry, it has to be this way. So he goes to this other king. Now, this other king is a king of the, the Goliath, that guy. He's one of those people. The one he killed, took his head off. He's one of those people. So he's not a popular guy with this other crowd. But he's like, I think I could slip in and sneak in. And I don't know why he's thinking this. You know, it's like, you're the mighty conquering hero that took off the Goliath's head. Why do you think you could sneak into their camp and just be friends and everything's cool? It's like, I, I don't understand that. But he does that. He leaves King Saul. He goes over to this other king, King Achish, I think is his name. And he gets there and they're like, isn't that David? Isn't that the guy? And that's why he starts acting crazy because he's like, it says that David got afraid. He's like, I, I, they've already found me out. I, I've been in here five minutes and they already know who I am. So he starts acting crazy. He starts drooling, starts writing on the walls and acting crazy. And that's where that, that initial scripture in verse 21, what, 13 through 15. Is this guy crazy? He couldn't be the guy. Again, one of David's most powerful weapons was worship and prayer. And we're going to pick up in Psalm 34, where he takes his journal and he just begins to scribble stuff out. And it's powerful because you see, you see him struggle with himself and like, God, I need your help. And this is the prayer a lot, of, a lot of scholars believe that this is the prayer that he penned as he's going through this instance where he's crazy. He's like, God, I need your help. So Psalm 34, verse 1. I can read it here. I got excited and didn't bring my glasses, so we're going to be all right. If I stay this distance, I'm good. I get clear here and it's not. I will praise the Lord at all times. When? That was so not believable. Tell me this. Where are we at, fam? Come on, I got to do this with junior hires too. Where are we at? Where? We're in the, we're in the Father's house. 
We're in God's house tonight. I mean, like, it's okay to get loud. I don't know if you noticed, we're being invited to a big wedding party. Now, come on. We're getting invited to, how many have been to a wedding recently? Was it like, hey, they're married, congratulations. Happily ever after. People throwing rice and stuff at them, right? We're gonna go eat in the king's house. Yeah, we're getting invited. So when David, this is our, this is our weapon. This is our, this was King David's weapon. Not just his, but Psalms is the largest book in scripture. Probably a good indicator that we should worship often. That when you don't feel up to the task, you don't feel like you're, like your calling is not what it's supposed to be. Like you don't measure up. Like you can't, you can't do what you're called to do. Let's worship and let's let God fill the house or fill the valley or fill New Mexico. Let's let him do that. So it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Yeah, that's better. You're getting there with me. but I had a bad day at work. Yeah or nay? All times, all times. I got in a fight with my spouse, all times. My kids turned in bad grades. My kids have dating issues. My kids are struggling with their sexuality. My, my sister or my brother's mad at me. My parents are mad at me. When? All times, all times. Now again, it's like, Pastor Tim, what do you know? I don't. But you know what? I get, this is kind of exciting. So next month I, I celebrate 20 years of being here. And this position, I'm excited, it's exciting. But, 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 but. So what I've gotten to see is that the word of God is true. Even though it's like, man, you haven't gone through, but I haven't, I've been super blessed. Both my parents are still alive. They're married, even though they're, they're professional fighters, not in UFC, just with each other. But, <laughs> love y'all, but. But, they, but they're really good at it. You should see them. But they fight to win. Like, so like to stay married. And they, they fight to set a good example. And that's, that's good. So I praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, it should say on my lips or at my fingertips. I don't know if some of y'all caught that. I'm gonna have to spell it out a little better. There's this app called Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or Snapcrap or whatever. It's, that's what Pat Coach Fuller calls it. It's, it works well, it's, you, sorry. Can we say that over here? Anyway, better to ask for forgiveness later. Anyway, there's these apps. There are these apps. His praise will always be on my lips or my fingertips. So here's the deal. Would you follow a God if the people's lives look destroyed, if they're always complaining? If they're always talking bad about each other? Would you go in and go work at a company where the people always complain, where you never see any joy on them? I mean, I wouldn't want to go work at that company. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to that church if the people always complain. 
I have to tell our teenagers all the time, how many of y'all think your friends know that you go, you come to 180 and like oh, hands, a lot of, all, almost all their hands go up. So, so how should you be living? Like you've encountered the all-powerful God. Like, like you've encountered, you've had an encounter, doesn't mean you're perfect, but that you've had an encounter with the all-powerful, ever-present God who's online and in the public square and in your private time, he's everywhere. And he's all powerful. So whatever is coming against you, he can help you overcome. Even if people are trying to take your life out. We should look like a people that are just so set apart, but so in it and love people like, hey, I know you're going through hell, but I'm gonna help pray the hell out of you. Right? Right? We should be those people that praise is always on our lips. Like, I'm constantly praising because God is constantly good. He's always good. Even if, even if I'm going through hell, the good thing is I'm going through it and praise is always on my lips or fingertips. Let's go. I will boast in the Lord. If you know that you're called to do something, I don't know if we're going to get through this. We've got seven minutes. I say that we're, there's, hey, there's 22 verses, so we'll, we'll get through it, some of it. A lot of you, I know, I've, I, know I'm, I don't feel called. Here's what I know. When you say, you're raising a hand saying, I don't know if I measure up, that's a good indicator that there's a calling of God on your life specifically to do something. Even if it's just be the best mom that you can possibly be or be the best dad that you could possibly be. There's a calling on your life to do something significant and that's to advance the kingdom of God, to know him and then make him known. So. Hey, if you feel like, I don't know if I measure up, that's the enemy trying to say, hey, that calling that's, that may be on your life. And if it's, again, if it's, and I don't want to degrade moms or dads and say that it's just that, because that's beautiful and that's powerful. And we need more of that. Notice how the enemy's trying to take the safe space away from the home and say, hey, now the school's the safe place. Like, we, you, can, you, you can trust us with your identity and trust us to tell your identity. The world's trying to twist things because mom and dads have forgotten that, hey, you've got a calling on your life. You've got a calling to be significant. You, if the enemy trying to tell you don't measure up, I'm here to tell you that you do. And as you stay in the word of God, his worship will remind you. His worship, worshiping him, saying, God, I'm going to boast in you because I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. I'm going to boast in you because you're all powerful. I'm going to keep your praise always on my lips because the enemy's trying to tell me that I'm always something less. But I know that you say that I'm always... I've got it. As long as I remain in you, we'll see that. So let's get that safe space back at home. The world's going to say, hey, the safe place is the school. We'll tell you who you are. No, mom and dad need to tell you who you are. Let's, let's say, hey, that safe place is here. If you're going through struggles, you're struggling with an identity, let me tell you, you are first and foremost a child of God. Let's tell them that. That way they don't go to school questioning. They should never go outside of our house questioning who they are. They should leave our house saying, I'm a child of God. I've always got God's praise on my lips. I'm going to boast in him. I'm going to be confident because I know who I am. This is King David. He's having to play crazy, but he's, in his craziness, he's scribbling down this worship. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. The humble are the people that recognize that they're poor and broke without him. That's us. If we're humble, we're broke, we're destitute, we've got nothing without him. Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. That's why I say, 
get it. Sunday morning, man, let's, let's so just go bananas and show God how grateful we are that our pastor's home. Let's do it. Hey, don't cheer about it now and then, and then show like, hey, pastor's home. No, like, pastor, we love you, man. Like, yeah. Like, serious. You think he'd be upset if, like, the room came and high-fived him and said, thank you? Some of you are like, can we do that in church? I don't know. I thought the seat was like, just like step up, sit down. Ah! Reminds me of my grandpa when we'd go to his house. Like, he's watching TV. You're in front of the TV. This ain't that place, man. God's not that God. He's like, hey, we're in my house. We're on worship, so let's get it. Hey, Sunday morning. He didn't tell me to do this. This just happened in my head just about 20 seconds ago. Come forward and give him a high five. Tell him how grateful you are. He's been praying for your family for 40 days. 40 days. 40 days. Nobody in our state's ever done that. And worshiped and prayed. And I'll, I can verify, that man's exhausting. It's, he's hard to pray with, man. I'm 17 years younger than him. I'm like, is he gonna quit in a minute? We're taking another lunch water break? We're still praying, okay. I'm so proud of him. I'm like, he's exhausting. If, if any of the guys that have been out there, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of what he's done. I'm grateful because he's been praying for my family too. I've been yelling at a lot of teenagers and stuff, so my voice keeps cracking like I'm 12. <laughs> <clears throat> Proclaim Yahweh's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name. This is verse 3. David's struggling, right? I sought the Lord. He answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. Fears of what? Do I measure up? Do I have what it takes? Am I smart enough? Is there going to be enough money? All my fears. He didn't just say like, hey, because king was trying to take me. He's trying to take my life. All my fears. Am I going to be the dad I'm supposed to? Am I going to be the husband I'm supposed to? Am I, am I going to be able to, to, to finish the task that I've been given? I don't know what it is, but King David's saying, he delivered me. From all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Radiant with joy. He's saying this as he's running for his life. Every filter that you have should have one of these smiles. Every picture that gets online, every, every, wherever people see you, man, that person's always smiling. You know, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. So call me lazy. Because I'm like, man, if, I, if it's a smile that tell, talks about and tells about how good he is, I'm going to just keep smiling. Their faces will never be ashamed. Verse 6, this poor man cried out. And he's saying he's poor because, again, he understands who he is. And the Lord heard him and saved him from his troubles. Y'all feel free to shout as soon as y'all see a verse that makes you want to shout. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Taste and see. God's like saying, this is going to be a, a thing with you. It's not just going to be like, hey, I read it and I experienced it. It seems good in my head. He's like, no, come and experience me. 
Like jump in and experience how good the, the, the Father is. He's like, taste it. Let, let it get in your palate. Like it needs to be something that you're feeling. Because you, you eat at a good restaurant, you know, it's like, man, I'm going to tell you about how good you have some good sweets or desserts. It's like, man, that tastes so good. He's telling you, taste it. Discover how good he is. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him? This is us. Come on. You who are his holy ones, fear Yahweh. For those who fear him, oh, we, we're not even close to that. I don't know what that verse is. The next verse, what is this? Nine. Can we do a nine? Verse nine. Those who fear him, there is no want. There's no want. What do you want? I want peace in my family. I want peace in my house all the time. I'd rather have peace than money. Got to sit, got to sit with the guy, uh, lots of people. We're out in Skid Row. And um, this guy named Jason. Um, everybody, if you're not familiar with Skid Row, just Google Skid Row. It's, it's crazy. Um, sitting with this guy, his name Jason. And lots of people, but Jason was like, so what's going on, man? What's your story? And there's all kinds of commotion in this park. And Jason's like whispering. And I don't know if he's embarrassed or what, but he's just like, it's just soft. So I'm having to get like real close to him. And I'm like, what's going on, man? And you know what? Like his greatest regret was not that, man, I should have made more money. I wish I'd have had more time with my company or, you know, I didn't get, I had the nicest cars. It wasn't that I lost everything. It was that he had three kids and didn't have any kind of relationship with them. He felt like he had failed as a dad. That was his greatest regret. Sure, the other stuff would have been nice. But if you had asked Jason, like, what is the thing that you want? What's the thing you really want? You who are his holy ones, fear Yahweh. For those who fear him lack nothing. Have no wants. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I think, I think it's probably an obvious, like, dumb question, like, Man, if, if, if the whole world falls apart, but your family's healthy and good with you, does that, does that measure up to like, that's, that's, I just want some peace in my family. I want my family to be good. I want my family to know Jesus. I mean, if I have the biggest house, awesome. If I have the nicest cars, awesome. But I just want my family to know Jesus. So when we fear, yeah, if we fear God, we're going to lack nothing. Lack nothing. Past 20 years watching families that live it, they lack nothing. And even at times they lack, it seems like it gets tight. God shows up and saves them. And again, it's, it's not because, man, I've experienced a whole lot of hell in my life. I haven't. But I'm telling you, those that practice the word, those that make worship their weapon, find ultimately, hey, I'm able to overcome. I'm able to rise above because it's not in my own power that I'm doing this. It's in the, the, the God that created me. His power is sustaining me. His power is keeping me. His power is my provision. And I'm able to move forward and conquer and smile and keep God's blessings constantly on my lips. Man, read the rest of this. This, this psalm is so beautiful. Again, he's struggling for his life, but he starts penning out. God, I know who you are. 
and because I know who you are, that, that means everything to me. I have everything. And when I don't feel like I measure up, he's like, God, Scott, I don't. I don't. I can't do it. He's like, I need your help. So he just, he's worshiping through his pen. And we have this now to show us like, hey, you feel like you don't measure up? That's because there's a calling. And God wants to help you fulfill that calling. He's got some great plans for this church. We're blessed to have a great leader that said, hey, I'm going to stand in the gap for my, my family, my church family, for my city, my state. We're going to see some stuff explode. I, I'm excited, guys. I, I can't even tell you I'm excited. Let's begin to worship like nothing else. Let's, let's call out to this God, the only God that can fix things, that can make, make what needs to be right, right. We can't fix everything, but man, we can worship him and let him do it. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father, because you have plans for Church on the Move. And every family that calls Church on the Move their home. You have plans for us. You have plans to prosper us, plans to move in us and grow through us. Father, I know that like myself, there's a lot of people just, man, do I have what it takes? Can I do it? I know you've got a calling in my life, but I don't see all the, the steps in between. Father, help us, show us how to trust you, to fear you, and understand that those that fear you lack nothing. Father, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that you would use me to get to tell your treasure here in this room tonight. Your treasures. That in Christ, they, they are extremely sufficient. More than able. In Christ, you're more than able, family. In Christ, you're more than able. You can do, you can do what you've been called to do in Christ. On your own, you're going to lack, just like I'm going to lack. Like every one of us is going to lack. Like my friend Jason that I'm still praying for, that he's going to lack if he doesn't change it. On our own, we're lacking. We're poor. We're broke. We're destitute. But to know him, to have relationship with him, that's everything. Tonight, if you don't know him, here's your opportunity. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't, don't let multiple times, so like he's going to ask again, he's going to ask. Do it on the first time. If you don't have a relationship with this God, and you know that God's got something big for you, or maybe you've never heard that he's got something big for you, let me be the first to tell you, which I doubt I'm the first, but let me remind you that God has something great for you. And the, the greatest thing he has for you is his son Jesus. And it's overwhelming victory in that. If you never see a million dollars, guess what? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you get to see a kingdom where the streets are paved with gold. But you get victory because of who he is. Victory over what? The Bible's very clear. To have a relationship with this God, through his son Jesus, we get heaven. But to reject or ignore him, Punishment is hell. God's not wanting to send people to hell. He didn't design it. He didn't design hell for people. The Bible's very clear. It said it was designed for the devil and his angels. 
but it'll be for whoever rejects him. So let's not be those people. Let's be those people that accept him, that choose him to say, I'm going to move forward with him. If fearing him is what gets me to a place where I lack nothing, that's where I want to get. God, I understand, and I'm going to be humble and say, I can't do it on my own. I've been trying, and I've been failing, and I'm ready to give it over to you. So tonight, if you don't have relationship with him, what are you waiting for? Let's surrender life to him tonight. I know there's a lot of family in the house. But if you're not family yet, if you've not yet declared Jesus as Lord of your life, then here's your opportunity to say, I'm ready to be family. I'm ready to come into the family. If I know God's my creator, but I'm ready to call him dad and let him begin to work and move in my life. If that's you, maybe one of you, maybe 10 of you, but if that's you, say, I'm ready to surrender my life, to give it over to him because I've been missing it. I'm going to ask you on the count of three, just say, I'm going to raise my hand. One, two, three. Let's pray. Let me pray with you. Who are you? Where are you? Praise God. Praise God. See those hands. Praise God. Any others? I see that other hand. Praise God. Family, let's pray with those that raise their hand. Let's encourage them. If y'all would say this with me, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to show me how much you love me, to show me that I'm not alone, that in you I have what it takes, but without you I'm going to miss it. So I choose to be with you. I choose to make you Lord over all of my life, to stop being selfish, to stop just doing me, but I give my life to you, every bit of it. Thank you, God, for showing me how much you love me. Connect me to your people. Show me how to be who I'm supposed to be. Show me how to forgive and show me how to love like you forgive and like you love me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church on the Move, love you guys. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.